Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guest. And I have to tell you, uh, last night, I was talking about Thanksgiving earlier today. Last night, me and Joanne wanted something for dinner. So I went to Trader Joe's. Now, given we have all our Thanksgiving stuff bought, except today I pick up the turkey. But I swear to God, well, every Trader Joe's, the parking lot's always packed. And when you get in there, there's no one ever in there. I went to Trader Joe's in Burbank. I couldn't park in Trader Joe's. I couldn't park in Walgreens. I had to park around the corner and walk up. And the worst thing is, in Burbank and in Glendale, we don't have the best drivers. There's a lot of certain older women with big SVUs. And trying to see these people park, I just, I had to hightail out of it. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. It's like they don't have any knowledge of street parking like you know back east you have parking lot etiquette you know or you know how to parallel park here people are turning they don't know how to wait for this and that so honestly i i got exercise i walked like a mile (laughs) just to get some couscous some sun-dried tomato sausage and some mushrooms for dinner and so today i want to get out of the studio i'm going to swing by and get our turkey and hopefully sprouts will be packed but i'm thinking i better buy stuff for like dinner tomorrow today else tomorrow night's gonna be crazy so Anyway, enough about that. Enough about me and my damn turkey quest. We have uh, we have my guest today, who who actually my guest is uh, quite the cook, and we're going to talk about that too. Because and he's lost some weight and he still eats healthy. My guest is John DeCross. How you know, John? Hey, what's uh, what's going on? I like that hashtag turkey quest. Well, it is. It's like because you sit there. I mean, okay, well, I don't know. Are you are you cooking? Because I know you do the night at seven fishes and all. Are you cooking? To- I do cook. I switched uh, about. I'm going to say this is probably our sixth or seventh year. Now, I became a vegetarian three years ago. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I cheated the last two uh, Christmases and Thanksgiving where I have taken a bite or two of whatever we've had that I've cooked traditionally, like at Christmas, on Christmas Day, uh, being Italian, Roman Catholic Italian from Italy, uh, from upstate New York. Uh I cook a nice brujol oh. and a nice meat lasagna on Christmas Day. The night uh, Christmas Eve is a night a feast of seven fishes. Which is now you I've seen your pictures and you do yeah. that. Now now you're straight vegetarian. No, no fish? I'm a pescatarian. Okay, so I still do the fish, but the last two three years I've cheated on Thanksgiving and Christmas and and imbibed in the pork and the beef and the turkey. This year I'm going to try to abstain completely. Uh, but I will still cook for my family. Now, about six or seven years ago, um, we got tired of, I. we don't have a big leftover family. Once the meal is over, you might get one uh, day out of the, the leftovers, but past that, people don't touch it. I do. The rest of the family does not. I'm constantly throwing stuff out. Turkey is the worst because it's so big. I don't care how small it is. It's still a lot <laughs> for a family of three to four. And you got a carcass sitting around. You clean the, the bird so much. Nobody likes the dark meat. Everybody likes the white meat. I love the my, dark meat. My dad adores the dark meat. So that's all sitting there. You can put it in a soup, I suppose, but I don't have that kind of time. I work you know, out of town for a living. So once it's over, I'm gone in another two or three days. But anyway. We were tired of all that stuff, so I was watching Rachel Ray one day, who I had the pleasure of meeting several times in upstate New York, and uh, she was explaining, hey, do you hate those turkey leftovers? This is what she does, and now I've been doing it for six or seven years. I want to hear this. because You take a, a turkey, uh, you go to your butcher, which they are, they still exist. Go to a butcher, get a turkey breast, a full, meaning two halves. Have it him debone it, keep the skin on, and she she has this pistachio nut pesto almost. You peel the skin back, and you have this pistachio nut pesto, and you rub that on the meat. Then you put the skin over top of that, toothpick it closed, and then she's got like a um. Like an old bay seasoning, almost like not barbecue, but a spicy seasoning rub on the outside. I have that recipe as well. It, uh, she uses, I know she uses Montreal seasoning, McCormick's Montreal, and you rub it on the outside with a little olive oil. You bake that for 40 minutes, not six hours, like a turkey. You get it done. It's done in 40 minutes. You slice it. It's all white turkey. 
There's nothing left the next day or a little the next day, and you're done. There's no bones. There's no carcass. There's no dark meat. There's no nothing. I, you know, I, I like dark meat. I can't, I can't, you know. Do you do? I love the dark so meat. So do you eat the white meat or you just eat the dark um, I would rather just eat the dark meat. I mean, we have we we usually like this year we're getting a ten to twelve pound turkey. We're gonna, uh, including me and Joanne, I think there'll be seven people. And the problem is a lot of times is also is you know as we get older, you know, and your friends you know have jobs, you know, unlike when you're younger, your right. friends bring a lot of stuff over on Thanksgiving. So we have friends who always bring a bunch of appetizers and not like crappy appetizers like one guy brings like all this cheese i mean great appetizers right so by the time you get to the turkey you know you're not as hungry and for us though it's like i the white meat i just i don't want to waste my time because it's like if people say well put gravy on it well if you're putting gravy on it you know what then it's not that good dark so meat, you're saying the dark meat has taste and the white meat is bland. right dark, dark meat is moist I, I have to admit that that is true and i do that with chicken i eat the chicken boneless then it's uh skinless chicken thighs and when i ask my cardiologist i said dr dan is there a difference between the boneless skinless chicken breast and this and he said cooper it's effing chicken it's all effing chicken and as long as you're eating effing chicken and that's how he talks to me he goes you're going to be fine now get out of my office so, so no it's true though so because i know now you though because you're uh, people john's a uh, very successful comedian on the road i mean on the road all the time and a voiceover actor and um and you've lost weight recently yeah uh in the last year i think 50 pounds 52 pounds in the last i i i lost it in uh, between June of 2012 and November of 2012, and have kept it off since. Now, what made you want to do that? Because I mean, it's we're both getting older, but it mm-hmm. was something that you just were you feeling not healthy or Th- three things, uh, three to four things. First thing was uh, working on a cruise ship a lot. On the sea days, nobody uses the stairs. The elevators are impossible to get on. So I started using the stairs, and I was getting winded after one or two flights. That's not a lot of stairs. It's maybe 16, you know, one flight of stairs. And I was getting chest pains and a little winded. That was warning sign number two, one. And then I did a couple of pilots and um, I hated the way I looked on camera, my head. I'll show you the photo. I'll show you the, and, and a, a friend of mine that was in a scene with me posted a picture of me in the scene with her and I said, you need to take that off okay. your Facebook. I said, because I look horrible. She did. and uh, But I kept that photo as a constant reminder. Number th- three, my mom um, got pretty heavy. It's in my family. I mean, it, it's it's definitely genetics. And uh, I, I said, I, I need to I need to catch it now. And um, the, the fourth thing, the final straw was uh, I'm on the ship. I'm seconds before I get on stage. This guy from Croatia. Now, Serbians and Croatians are extremely honest. They have no filter. Seconds before I get on stage. And he's a friend. He's a tech. He's one of the sound techs on the ship. He comes over. Seconds before I get on stage, he goes, he pats my belly. And he goes, what is happening here? And I kind of knew what he was talking about. I go, what? You don't like my shirt? He goes, no, no, no. He taps me on the stomach again. What is happening here? And I go, what are you talking about? He says, you started to look like me. And this guy's like 250. <laughs> now, mind you, I was like 238 at my, t- at my top weight. And uh, this guy's 250, 270. And I go, okay. I looked at him and I said, all right. I do not want to look like him. So I, I went home that week. As soon as I got off the ship, I joined the gym. The ne- very next day, I hired a trainer. And uh, I worked hard for half a year and took it uh, 50 pounds off and have kept it off since. A lot of people slide back into bad habits. I've, I've kept it off. Well, I, th- I think something that, that is amazing about that is, and you know, because I, I had done comedy back on the road back in the 80s, and, and you're on a lot of cruise ships. Well, I'm sorry. It's like when you're on a cruise ship, there's so much food. I mean, and let's get real. It's yep. not like you're sitting there going, okay. Uh, it's not if you're like if you're, let's say, you're a comic who's doing spots around ta- your town, just going out. You right. know, here you're on the trip ship. You have right. a, a ton of free time because I think you do 
two shows when you're in a ship? Or I do five for each group of passengers. We do five shows. Okay, so that is it a common no? Because because it's is it just you or how does it work now with cruise ships? I don't know any other lines except Carnival. I work for Carnival only, and on Carnival they hire for each group of passengers for each cruise. They hire two comics. So you're on with one other guy. We each do five shows, two family-friendly and three adult shows. Together? No. Okay. We do your, You do your own 30-minute show. We do two 30-minute uh, family shows and three 30-minute adult shows separately. Um, but you're hanging out all day and, you know, through the evening together. So you got somebody to pal around with. Most of the time it works out. Sometimes it doesn't where you get along or whatever. But... Uh, for most of the time, yeah, you're there. And now now on a short cruise, like a three to four day cruise, you're on for the whole thing. On the longer cruises, the seven or eight day cruises, what they do is they bring us in at the back end of the cruise. And then we stay on for the front end of the next group. It, halfway through, we fly home and two new guys go in at the back end of their cruise. They stay on the front end of the next one and so on and so forth. So each group on a seven or eight day, you're going to get four guys instead of two, two at the beginning, two at the end. But how do you sit there? I mean, as I said, it's like anything because you are a foodie. I see your posts. It's yep. not, it's not like, it's not like you're one of these people who sits there and goes, okay, I'm going on a diet. Now I'm only going to eat lentils. You know what I mean? Yeah. You eat, you eat well. Yep. The pizza you posted yesterday yeah. looked amazing. Yeah. He picks this poster of a, 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 a picture of a Gorgonzola. Gorgons, spinach and gorgonzola, which I make at home all the time. Uh, so good looking. I, I was hoping you had leftovers and bring me a piece so I could <laughs> nosh on. But now, how do you do it though? Because you know you're sitting there, and as I said, you know when you're a comic and you have the downtime, I mean we're, you're you're bored. Yeah. How do you sit there? I mean, eating comes out of boredom. And when you have sitting there, when you have a ship where you can go, hey, you know what? I can just get a hot dog right now yeah i'd be like oh I, i'm gonna get a hot dog I one mean, of the one of the biggest uh contributors to obesity is boredom you people eat when they're bored when they have nothing to do they'll grab a snack that takes care of 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever and that is the problem so you do have to channel it elsewhere what i've been doing recently is uh working on my show especially my family show i'm bringing a, a lot of ventriloquism back into my family shows i've got a couple of new routines that i'm working on but the biggest thing is on a sea day which you're so bored because you can't get off the ship and walk to a coffee house or a restaurant or whatever or go on the beach i'm in the gym for three hours every sea day usually from 10 a.m to 1 p.m and then i go have lunch and then you know go about your day but you got to channel it elsewhere i mean that look People ask what diet they private message me all the time. What diet are you on? What 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 are you doing? What is what's this? There's no secret. It's zero secrets. It's stuff we learn in kindergarten. Eat right and exercise. The exercise has to be more than you're intaking. Uh, you have to watch your calories. You you have to watch what you're putting in your body. My biggest kryptonite was was pizza. It was pepperoni pizza. Anything with flour. Um, so that's all carbs. Cake, pie, pasta, um, pizza, breads, anything like that. It was I could couldn't get enough. And I literally had to go cold turkey for about a half a year. Okay. And then I slowly worked in seven grain, twelve grain, whole wheat, uh, pasta and uh, whole wheat breads. I, I haven't had pepperoni pizza, which is my all-time favorite food in the world. I haven't had it since 2012. That's well, that's good. That's really it's good. Hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's very hard because it's something you love. I mean, it's like for me, like with my heart thing. You know, I mean, I I'm better now. I'm not better. I mean, I still always have to take medicine, but I've I've been able to eat stuff. But for the first two years, it was like, wait a second. You know, you're sitting there and you. Ha I looked at the sodium on everything, but now my cardiologist said I'm healthy, so I can eat stuff now. And so you do your cheat day. Yeah. But it's hard when you love something because you know, like pepperoni pizza. I do it every once in a while because pizza is very high in sodium. But it's like pepperoni, good pepperoni pizza is just so damn good. I I miss that a, a, a ton. I mean, that is actually, I'm, I must be part Ninja Turtle because that's like my absolute favorite thing. But well, you know what I really crave and I miss, like, especially I'm a big breakfast guy. I miss terribly crispy bacon. Okay. And turkey bacon sucks. Yeah. Turkey bacon is like, just awful. Yeah. It's like cardboard. It's like, yeah. I mean, turkey burgers are good. Turkey sausage is good. Turkey bacon 
awful. <laughs> yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Now, now you said you're going to do bring some ventriloquism back in your act. Yep. Now, now, I know when you were here here a long time ago, you were you started out as a mm-hmm. kid. You your whole thing. Did you, did you ma- do magic and ventriloquism no. or just ventriloquism? I had an interest in magic, like most ventriloquists do, and uh, you know it was almost not fifty fifty. But I I had a magic kit and I did magic tricks. Remember those magic kit with like sure. the little plastic egg thing? We Mar- all had one of them. Yes, Marshall Brodeen's ki- <laughs> <laughs> magic kit. And um, I had that, and but uh, my real love—I fell in love with it when I was 11. Uh, is ventriloquism, and I and I did it, f- I did, I, I did it, f- uh, you, you know, as an income. I was doing birthday parties when I was 12. As a 13-year-old, I was getting paid to do birthday parties. So then I did that all through high school. Then in high school, when I was a senior in 1980, stand-up just became just was really catching fire and we we i worked at spencer gifts i love Spencer. you know what spencer was great because you go in and they always had the Jimi hendrix black light poster yes. and then you had that my sister had uh, you might remember this they had that lamp that was a fiber fiber optic lamp and we had one and my sister had it in her room and we thought that was so cool and i think a guy in college had it, and back then in college, I would smoke pot every once in a while, and we would get stoned and look at that. <laughs> well, funny you should mention. That was my department in the store. <laughs> I My department, I made the T-shirts, which were back in the blacklight shop. I, oh. I pressed the T-shirts. Remember how big that was, decals oh, yeah. or, or your name or whatever. And all the blacklight posters, Cheryl Teague, Suzanne Summer, Cheryl Ladd, those were all back there. Fiber optics likes and 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 uh, the lava lamps. Were oh all yeah, back I, I have a lava lamp at my sure, place now. Sure. So, uh, at Spencer Gifts, when I was a senior in high school, uh, we had a Christmas party, and the assistant manager and the manager said we're going to have a gong show. Now in those days, the gong show was huge, the Chuck Barris version, and uh, he didn't care what you did. Just to put something together for three to five minutes. And I already had been doing children's parties with my ventriloquism. So what I did was I wrote a 20-minute stand-up set on the druggies coming in the blacklight shop, <laughs> getting stoned, <laughs> feeling yeah. and touching the fiber optic lights. It's, it's so remember, funny you mentioned this. Because people, but also feeling the blacklight poster because it was like, you yes, thought it might fuzzy. be like fuzzy. It is fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, also uh, talking about the women that were buying vibrators for a friend and uh, about the, uh, the, the label on the outside of the box, it, 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 not to be used on unexplained calf pains. Whatever that means. Um, yeah, so my whole routine was on Spencer Gifts. I crushed it. And I went, wow. I just doubled my time. I just brought my act from 20 minutes to 40 minutes. And so then stand-up blew up, 80-81. There was a couple of clubs in upstate New York where I'm from. So I took my Spencer Gifts chunk, pieced it with my ventriloquism chunk, that was the base. That was the base floor, the ground floor of my uh, early act, you know. And then I picked up little props here and there. I did a lot of voices. Yeah. When did you start doing voices? I know. I know you've done a lot that, of voiceovers. Yeah. I mean, you've done, you know, and you've been in Transformers. And you've done all that stuff. But mm-hmm. what, what, as a kid, were you doing voices? Or, yeah. Because it's it's like it seems like your act. There, you were the ventriloquist, and then you had the the material, and then did you say, okay, you're doing material, I'm gonna incorporate voices because i know joanne's parents saw you her mom and stepdad saw you in florida and she she was dying i think you're talking about the italian mother but she was cracking up but when did you sit there as a kid like were you like yeah that young i i was making voices coming out of closets in the in the classroom i was i was impersonating a lot of people my first impression was groucho marx in fourth grade that's the oldest impression i can remember i didn't even know who the guy was but i remember that was one of my first laughs i came to the united states my first grade in the u.s was fourth grade and i remember where'd you come from uh, italy Oh, I didn't know you grew. You were born in Italy. I, just, yeah. I thought I thought you were a second generation that lived in in Schenectady. Is that where you're... Schenectady? Yeah. Oh no. So you yeah. you lived in Italy till. Yeah, I was born and raised there, and uh, for ten years, my dad was in the Air Force. He is from there. He came here when he was seventeen. 
And then because, uh, you know, he was so fluent in Italian, they, they shipped him back to Italy, and that's why I was born there. But he was in the Air Force. We were, he was stationed there. That's why I was born there. So I didn't come to the U.S. until fourth grade. So no, you would know. So you didn't really have those early com- comedy influences, did you? Uh, the only thing I had, the only comedy influence I had at an early, early age, for a short period of time, I don't remember how long, I think it was less than a year, in between our, our apartment in Naples, Italy, and our house in Rome, Italy, we lived in Brooklyn, New York, for less than a year. And I remember watching the Paul Winchell, Jerry Mahoney, and Knucklehead Smith show. Okay. So that was my first influence, and I think that's when I got the bug for the puppets. Then when I came to the U.S. in fourth grade, I started watching. I lived, died, ate, drank, breathed Carol Burnett. That whole show, uh, Cher, Sonny and Cher, Flip Wilson, Smothers Brothers, all that stuff, I could not get enough. I just ate it up. I would sit there with my cassette recorder and my microphone and hold it next so to the funny. speaker on the TV. The cassette's so funny. I even think about it, you know, and, and it's, you know, comics have done bits about it, but it's true. As I remember when you, before they built a cassette player into the stereo, my brother had a turntable and he always had cool albums. And you'd always sit there and you'd try to like record the album so you could have that walk around with your yeah bulky cassette. Yeah. And then it'd always be like in the middle, your mom, Steven! <laughs> Mom, shut up! <laughs> Steely Dan Asia's on. Mom, it's Led Zeppelin four. And you do that, and then or and everyone used to bitch because the DJs would talk, and you yeah. know when like you know because WMMR would always have like YSP would have these countdowns, and you always knew like Stairway to Heaven's gonna be one of the countdowns, and you wanted to tape it, and they'd always talk, and you'd be like, damn it, and you, you yeah, it was just yeah, but it's so so right. we taped stuff. That yeah. was crazy. Yeah, I remember taping. Another thing I really really loved, and I used to tape faithfully. I. I know I still have them somewhere, is uh, the Dean Martin roasts. Okay, they were classic. So all those guys, I I think my biggest comedy, uh, you know, influence was, like I said, Carol Burnett and Tim Conway and Harvey Korman, that whole show, all the variety shows of those days. But stand-ups, I I think of first, my very first concert I ever saw in my life, 1979. A lot of people say, oh, yeah, Kansas, you know, the Eagles, the Kiss, whatever. Mine was Steve Martin. I I wanted to see him at the Latin Casino, but it was sold out. And I remember I said to my mom, hey, this guy Steve Martin sold out the Latin Casino. My mom said, no, he didn't. I never heard of him. And yeah. I said, I'm going to call. And if, if if there's not sold out, you got to take me. Okay. I call. I go, see, I told you. Because I said, it's sold out. And yeah. she had no idea. And she's like, wait, because my dad had taken my brother to see rickles but i was too young uh-huh. but yeah steve martin was and he was huge 79 that was my first concert ever uh up in saratoga uh new york at the saratoga performing arts center i'll never forget it so him and robin williams were probably my first stand-up uh idols i like carlin a little um but then i then i realized carlin was the science you know what I mean? He was more the dissection and the working of the words and the callbacks and the that kind of thing. And he was more of a purist, you know, but I always gravitated towards the silly. Well, now you said no, because when, when you started doing stand-up, you said you had the ventriloquism. Mm-hmm. And now, at what point did you decide to get rid of the ventriloquism? And now why are you bringing it back? Because it's, it's weird. I think, you know, and I've talked to comics, you know, as we as we get older... We go back to more to our roots because, uh-huh. you know, and you're very established. Yep. I mean, you, I, I mean, trying to follow you on Facebook, it's like for a while, it's like, okay, he's either on a cruise or he's in Vegas. I mean, and that's basically, right. I mean, and that's, right. you know, and, and you're, you know, you used to play the river a lot, which clubs, but you, yep. you're headlining, you know, yep. all the clubs in Vegas. And I think, is it just something that, you know, why'd you get rid of it? And then now why are you wanting to bring it back? I got rid of it, uh, in 1987, um, about half a year to a year after I quit my real job and went full-time stand-up. It was too cumbersome to lug. Back in those days, there wasn't, there wasn't as many manufacturers of the soft sculpture puppets. They were all the typical wooden boys. And uh, my character, I carried in a footlocker, sandwiched in between two pillows, feather pillows, to protect his, his uh, custom figure. And um, it was just too much to lug. 
And and I had fallen in love with stand-up so much that was overtaking the ventriloquist part of my show. Well, you said his custom build, so yeah. you got, you get this customized. Now, how do you how do you pick the dummy you want? I mean, is there is there like is I, it, I picked I picked a a standard issue dummy. Because I had a Mortimer Snurd doll. Right. He's very Mur- Mortimer Snurd-ish. Okay. Um, it, it's a standard... It, it's actually a Mortimer Snurd model that this guy here in California had. And I sent him a picture of my best pal, who remains my best pal, for 36 years. And I said, combine his features, my friend's features, with this guy. Make the nose a little longer, the mouth a little wider, this and that and the other thing. And so my figure is unique to me and me alone. A lot of ventriloquists, pure, you know, like real ventriloquists can say, oh, that's a Lovick. You know, that's a figure. His name was Craig Lovick. And and uh, they go, oh, that's a Lovick. That's lumpy. And it does look a stock, like a stock figure, but the features are slightly different because he blended my best friend's face okay well that's cool this puppet so he's unique so so i dropped it because it was too cumbersome to lug i remember literally one night tears rolling down my face saying i gotta leave you home on this one (laughs) (laughs) no kidding i swear to and i look around my my apartment i'm like what the hell am i doing so uh, I got away from it, and then I started bringing it back. I do. I I started. I did a lot of audience warm up when I first moved here. So what were some of the shows you did? Because I know that's a lot of people. Because you're high energy, and that's yeah. a good. I started on politically incorrect with Bill Maher. Bill Maher gave me my first job here in L.A. Now, how did you know? Did you know Bill? Billy Martin, who was a good buddy of mine, yeah. who was originally from Pittsburgh, he moved to Boston. He's Bill, uh, Bill's head writer and producer. And uh, he called me about, I was here about six or seven months, and I had scored some voiceover, but not enough to live off of. And I was getting to the bottom of my savings, and uh, Billy, my pal Billy called me, and he said, hey, how you making out? And I said, well, you know, I don't want to go on the road again. I moved here to get off the road. Um, Why, what's up? And he said, Bill, Mar is looking for a a new warm-up guy. Are you interested? I said, I don't even know what that is, but yes, if it keeps me off the road and I can make decent money, I'd love to. So I went in and I watched uh, uh, the guy that was there, a very funny guy, very sweet guy, Danny Vermont. I don't know if you know Danny. He's from back east as well. And um, he wanted to concentrate on writing. He was one of the writers as well. And... uh, I watched him for a week, I think, and then uh, they tried me for two. Then they tried like six or seven other guys, I think, and then they called me back and said, okay, it's yours if you want it. So I was there until he went off the air uh, on ABC. anyway. And then um, from there, I went to Craig Kilborn, Late Late Show with Craig Kilborn. Then I went from there, I, I, I helped on uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. I did American Idol, America's Got Talent. Um, uh, I, I could go on and on. And, and one show that I did called, uh, game, uh, bingo America on the game show network. We taped five shows a day from 9am to 6pm every day. And a lot of the days they were the same people that were here yesterday. And I was running out of stuff to do. Now, how long would your routine be when you're doing warm up? There's no routine. There, there's whenever when the, when the bell rings, you sit down. When the buzzer sounds, you're on. When the bell rings, you sit down. When the buzzer's on, you're on. It could go anywhere from two minutes to twenty minutes. You know, on a sitcom, it's usually you know three four minutes, and then you're into the next scene. If they rewrite a scene or they want to try a line a different way, it, it, again, it could take. Three minutes it could take thirty minutes. It, it 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 varies. Now, when we did politically incorrect, it was live to tape. So, in other words, when you're at the commercial break, and 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 like American Idol is live. Period. It's not even live to tape. You're live. So when you're watching the commercial, that's when I'm on. Okay. When they come back to the commercial, you hear the countdown: ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, and I'm done. Then and we're clear. I'm on. Uh, once the commercial and you know commercial breaks are they'll go for a minute and a half to three and a half minutes depending on where it is on the clock 
And so that's your time. You know, sitcoms are a little loose. Sitcom can take anywhere from three to eight hours to tape a 22-minute episode. So, uh, yeah, so I had to bring, so what I did is I got a soft sculpture puppet because I figured it was very transportable. You asked me, now I'm saying when I dropped it was back in 87. It got cumbersome. And I'm bringing it back in 87, in, uh, in uh, about, I'm going to say 90. Eight ninety? No, 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 no. That's not. That's not right. Uh, two thousand and eight, two thousand nine. I brought it back because I was on this show called Bingo America, and uh, I bought a soft sculpture rat, and very light on the arm, and I got a wireless headset mic so I could go up and down into the bleachers and mess with people with this smart-ass little rat, and I caught the bug. I started really enjoying it. People were digging it. Then I did a movie called The Vaudevillian, which you can watch on YouTube. It's a great little film that I did. Very proud of it to this day. I've seen it a hundred times and I still love watching it. Not just because I'm in it. I think it's a great little film called The Vaudevillian. It's about a ventriloquist that is dealing with the end of vaudeville back in the Dust Bowl era, like the 30s. And he's dealing with the end of vaudeville and all the uh, theaters are... uh, going over to talkies, motion pictures. So the vaudevillians, the live, you know, action guys, they're out of work. The contortionists, the dancers, the bodybuilders, the ventriloquists, the magicians, they're out of work because all the theaters are using projectors now. And um, I play, I manipulate off camera, and I voice the puppet who is my puppet that I explained earlier that is a, you know, a composite of my right. buddy and uh, the stock figure. And um, between that and doing warm up on the show with the rat, I just caught the bug. And then when I started doing the ships in 2010, I'm like, I got to do five shows. A lot of guys repeat their shows. I like five different shows. So everybody t- now is tomorrow night the same as tonight? Nope completely oh we can come back tomorrow and it's a different yes they love that some guys can't do it i wanted to do it so i started bringing that back especially into my family show now do you feel um like a sellout using a new puppet not the old puppet like is there like a is there like a integrity of the guys like you know back when i was a kid we had the puppet and we put or like we you oh you punk ass you know, i used to put pillows and wrap it up in a you know in a meat lock i had a meat locker an actual meat locker ever get do you ever feel like you're sitting there going wait a second wait my puppet uh, my puppet's gonna think I'm a sellout. My Mortimer Snurd best friend puppet's gonna sit there, probably gives me a finger when I'm asleep, and I don't want to sleep in the room with him because he's gonna be pissed. Because I'm using the other one. Yeah. Does do you think he gets mad? I don't think so because I save him for uh, movie auditions, okay. commercial auditions. We did a Comcast commercial together. He's like the Cadillac now. He's reserved for the like like when my agents call me and say you you have a ventriloquist audition tomorrow. I say, do they want a rat, a pizza? Uh, a, a frog or the wooden wooden American, and uh, so if they want the boy puppet, he's the he's got a cut beautiful. When I moved to California, I got a gorgeous custom case down in L.A. So I wheel him in, and he's reserved. I res- I, I auditioned for a Tom Hanks movie with him, so. He's reserved for the top so, shelf. So stuff. he he doesn't think you're a seller. No, okay. I don't think you. Now that. now the pizza. I mean, what, you have you have a piece of pizza to talk. That is my late. That I'm is- just thinking. It's like I, I'm telling you, if I'm that puppet, I'm pissed off. I'm going. Wait a second. I've been replaced by food. Food he doesn't even eat. I'm irritated. That is. Here I'm. I'm pulling up a. I'm pulling up a picture of it here. Uh, that is my latest uh, thing I'm working on. For the for the ships. <laughs> okay, you know, okay, will this puppet be on my show? I need a guest next week. You got to see people. It's a puppet, and it's it looks like it's pepperoni, mushroom, sausage, and green peppers. It's a meat lovers, which I okay. quit. And and it's got a face. It doesn't look happy though. It's not happy. Why? Because it's meat lovers. Because I broke up with him three years. Oh, ago. okay. So now you do that. Now have you done corporate stuff for that? Because that'd be perfect. No, for... I, I'm working on it right now. 
Oh, so you haven't, the puppet hasn't, this is breaking hey, news. Hey, this is, you, this I, puppet I hasn't have, been pulled out. Like I if, have if, told nobody. If I call Neil Bobel and say, do you know about the crossless <laughs> puppet? He's going to go, no, I'll go, and Neil's known you for a long time. Yeah. And I'm sitting there go, see that? I said, you think you're a big shot, but I know about the crossless pizza puppet. <laughs> Jeff Martyr. If I call Jeff Martyr, does Jeff Martyr know about the no, puppet? No, Jeff does not know. Okay, I'm trying to think who else. Who else? I see who you post with a lot. Uh, I forget who you post with a lot, but uh, Gene Papa. Does he, does I don't he... know Gene. Oh, I thought you knew Gene. I know the name. I just know him from Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I, so I've who, never met him. Well, who are your Facebook guys you go to? Like, you go back and forth with? Because I know Martyr, because Jeff, Jeff's Jeff, Jeff. It's great. adorable. And uh, Neil Bobo doesn't get on Facebook much. He doesn't get on his own no, at he doesn't, all. He doesn't no, get no. on. And, you know, I, I've known Neil. I got, I've known Neil since uh, 88. We, oh, yeah. We started together in Philly. We met here through Mark Eddy. Do you know Mark? Yeah, Mark was on the show a long time ago. Yeah. Very, I, hell I of met, a guy. I met Neil through Mark. Or, uh, yeah. I thought I thought you were in the Valencia gang. No, like, that's not that's me. Like, that's like Dennis Regan and Eddie and uh, right and Neil and then some other people. You're a Woodland Hills guy. I'm a Woodland Hills Calabasas guy. Okay, so you're oh, he has to yeah. say Calabasas. Yeah, I'm Calabasas adjacent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm Bur- actually I'm Burbank. I can't say I, I like Burbank. But so now, so the, the now what made you decide to bring the pizza in? And now have you thought about doing that for? kids shows to try to help kids with weight that is why i'm bringing it in i i bought it to uh bring into my family show number two on the ships and uh the gist of the routine is uh because that was my kryptonite no kryptonite i broke up with him three years ago and he's trying to get me back you never call me in no more come on and take one taste one taste one bite won't hurt you come on and uh, that's the idea, and and the, the idea is to teach kids of, uh, you know, um, uh, what's the, the word I'm looking for? Less is more, you know, that kind of thing. One slice or two, don't eat the whole pie. Kind of but it, it's a great idea, and I understand that, but on a cruise ship, mm-hmm. all these kids are going to be pissed off because <laughs> their mom and dad are going to go, you heard the pizza? You heard Leonardo. It's, it's, is that his name, Leonardo? Yeah. <laughs> Leonardo. So... He stops dead you know in his truck. Is that his name? You know Leonardo. What? Okay, I'm going to say this. Thank God John's from Italy. Because if he wasn't, this would be called the most un-PC bit ever. A pizza named Leonardo. What do you, can you want can you be more? Make? Can you be more Italian? I mean, it's funny. Like, Joanne's Italian. And, you know, she would be like, oh, that's great. But I'm sure there'd be people. Because, you know, we're, we're in, a, in an age where oh, someone who's, who's not Italian... Like uh, someone would probably sit there and go, well, that's wrong. Why'd you call the pizza Leonardo? Well, because he's a pizza and he's Italian. Well, you know, pizza wasn't developed. You know, you get these people who would get pissed. Yeah. But I think it's great. But I think kids, I mean, for like you, you could go into schools and I mean, it would, it's a brilliant idea because yeah. kids now and, you know, and you and you've lost weight yeah. and, you know, and, and, and you lived it. You know, you've sat yeah. there and you and you've sit there and for kids, it's great for the fact that kids associate with pizza every kid loves pizza but you're right say hey don't eat so much and that's what i always say it's all in moderation and the whole thing on the ship is pizza and ice cream are the only two things on the ship that are 24 hours okay you can get pizza and ice cream any time of the day i see kids eating ice cream and pizza at 8 a.m it's, and I'm like, where are the parents? Well, I say that too, but you know, I, I'm I'm gonna say a lot of the parents just don't give a crap because this is no lie. I saw a kid who was overweight, yeah, in Ralph's. Yeah. Okay. Hey, kids can be overweight, but he's like nine, mm. and he's sitting in the cart eating a popsicle as his mom pushes him. Come on now, it's like it's the parents don't care sometimes. It's like yeah. the kid's nine; he shouldn't yeah. be sitting in the cart. Uh, yeah. A. Know? And so, and he shouldn't, and first of all, I, I hate when people just start eating in the grocery store. Yeah. Food, it's like, f- the, oh, well, we're going to buy it. Yeah. Uh, I really? Mean, I mean, I'll, I'll, like the other day I did, I stole a, uh, a pumpkin, uh, pretzel at like the little one and it, cause I was getting some pistachios and there was a pumpkin little chocolate pretzel and I, I sampled it. If it was good, if it was good, I would have bought it, but I'm not going to sit there and walk around eating, you know, like a canned ham with a fork. <laughs> You haven't, you haven't lived. Tell you, yeah. Well, now, 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 if you don't know people, as I said, John's always on the road and, uh, John is, uh, out and I guess, I guess, you know, besides being, you know, he's done comic book signings and stuff like that, or that you've been to comic book stores, mm-hmm. but I want to get that, you know, John's been doing comedy forever, known everywhere, known everywhere, but in California, I think he's best, he's getting best known as the Dunkin' Donut guy. 
What wow. the hell? I mean, you. I mean, how did how did your love start? And you show up at every opening. Weren't you like a guest I'm, of the month I or something? I just got. I just. I just got an invitation yesterday for the Hollywood opening. Okay, so so now you you did you when did you find Dunkin' Donuts? All right, this is the deal. When I moved to the United States, the limited time that we were uh, uh, in the United States, uh, my grandpa would take me down to the corner to the Dunkin' Donuts in the early 70s. And he would get a coffee and a donut, and I would get a donut and whatever. And I remember that it was the, it was the smell. It was the smell and the taste that reminds me of my grandpa. And that taste and that smell is still the same. Their recipes haven't changed. Yes, they've come up with new products. But that coffee, is that that aroma makes me feel good. It reminds me of my, my grandparents. And then growing up in upstate New York, and you know, Jersey and, and, and Philly and, and that whole area, is there. there's one every 100 yards. And... Um, they're everywhere, so we grew up with it. It's in our. That's where you go. That's a, there wasn't set where I am in in upstate New York. There was no such thing as Seven Eleven. We didn't have Wawa's. That's that's you know a Jersey. Right. If, you know we didn't have it Turkey was Hill, Dunkin' Donuts. So um, then when I moved here in the summer of two thousand, I was like, where the hell's a Dunkin' Donuts? There's zero in the state of California. I began a letter writing campaign in the summer of 2000. Between the summer of 2000 and a year and a half ago, I wrote probably close to 30 to 40 letters to their headquarters saying, what are you thinking? Why aren't you here? You would make a killing. Nobody is known for donuts in Southern California. Yes, we have Winchell's and the Yum Yums and all that. They're not known for, hey, oh, have you had Winchell's? Right. Nobody says that. So I said, you'd make a killing. You'd overpower everybody. What do you, yeah, well, you know, very soon we're looking at, I never got an answer as to why aren't you here? And then somebody sent me an article. um, Somebody (laughs) sent me an article on Facebook from some restaurant business site and said over the next two years, Dunkin' Donuts will be opening 250 locations in the Southern California area. The first one was, now apparently they were here in the 70s and 80s, but something happened where I guess they just didn't work out. People weren't interested and they all closed. So they have, they were here, they're not, they weren't here anymore. Now, the first one opened down in Camp Pendleton, which I thought was odd. You don't want to give donuts to a Marine. But then maybe again, maybe you do. So that was like the first one here. But the first one in Los Angeles, I heard, was opening in Santa Monica. Now, I'm in Santa Monica. I, I surf a lot and skateboard a lot. So I'm around that the, uh, Santa Monica, Venice, Marina del Rey a lot. And I knew where the location was going to be, and I could not have been any more stoked. I mean, 15 years I've been waiting. So I found out where the location was. Then I found out the uh, where they were going to open, and I started going on Twitter and seeing w- 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 the activity on Dunkin' Donuts of Southern California, and I found all these Twitters that were uh, exclusive to Southern California Dunkin' Donuts. Started following them. I found out the day it was opening. I found out they were giving gift bags to the first 100 people in line. And the night, the night before they opened, I figure I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get up. I'll set my alarm. I'll go over around three or four in the morning because they were open at 6:30. At 10 p.m., I was following people in line at Dunkin' Donuts on Wilshire. In Santa Monica. I I started following this one girl and I tweeted her. I said, hey, whatever your name is. I said, how many people are in line? She goes, oh, we're up to about 36. Hour goes by. We're up about 52. I'm like, son of a gun. I got to get down there. Because I'm not going to be in the first 100 if I go there at 3.30. So (laughs) I put on my coat and I go down and I'm like, really? 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 I'm 50 years old. I'm going down to a grand opening of Dunkin' Donuts. What am I thinking? So I get in my car. I turn on my radio. I I drive a block. I get on the 101, starting to head down to Santa Monica. 
the second I hit the 101, it's my Dunkin' Donuts track on my CD on Sirius XM Comedy USA. Okay. It's karma. It's kismet. I'm like, it's meant to be. This is going to be a good thing. I get down to Santa Monica. I get my lawn chair. I'm number 67 in line. And uh, I waited there from midnight to 6.30 a.m. when they cut the ribbon. I got my gift bag. What was in the gift bag? Uh, T-shirts. I had cold mugs, hot mugs, cup cozies, uh, extra uh, coupons for free coffees, a, a, li- a, a, um, a lip balm, uh, just all kind of a do-rag, like a handkerchief type of thing with Dunkin' Donuts, everything. And a, a shopping bag. It was just, it was great. And, you know, it was a billion-dollar bag, but it was awesome. And I got bragging rates. I'm number 67 to the first Los Angeles Dunkin' Donut. Then I heard, you know, they're opening here, they're opening there. And uh, then I went to the Long Beach one. And then I got invited. I got personally invited because all my hashtags and my Instagrams and my Twitters and all that, they tracked me down and sent me an email saying, hey, we see. Oh, then they said, uh, because of all your hashtags and stuff, I don't know. I hope I'm not rambling, but uh, they found me and they said, we love your enthusiasm for us. We would like to make you Southern California's Dunkin' Donuts first fan of the month. I said, awesome. Now, what's that, what's that include? Do you get anything for that? You get nothing. You get on their Twitter page. You're the cover photo of their Twitter page for a month. For the month of July, I was there with my skateboard, my Dunkin' Donuts shirt, my Dunkin' Donuts mug. And uh, I was there for a month. I was, and I had, I was there first. And since then, I've gotten personal emails from the marketing department. And, I, and I'm invited to every opening. We just had one down in, uh, I guess it would be considered, um, let's see, what would that be? Huntington Beach. Now, now, do you have to wait in line when you get the opening? I don't anymore. So you just go in. Yeah. So everyone's mad at you. <laughs> they're out all night and they're sitting there and you yeah. just walk in. But they probably know you because you're the Dunkin' Donuts guy. <laughs> I don't know. Now, my question here is, John. The next one is Hollywood. My, this we're, month, we're in Hollywood. December, right on Hollywood Boulevard by Pantages. Okay, that's a good place. It's yeah, good, it's you know. amazing. Are you kidding? After or before the theater? Yeah. And you can, get, be... you can get a donut and then go into the uh, the frolic room and get a cocktail. Uh, yeah. Donut and a cocktail. Uh, what? Well, that's amazing. Now, here's a question. Would you ever consider, seeing that you have Leonardo... <laughs> Yes. Is to make the kids not eat as much. I'm right. If Dunkin' Donuts came and said, hey, why don't you make us Chucky or JoJo, the Dunkin' Donut doll? Would you sit there and have the kids saying, hey, kids, eat your donuts. Eat a dozen. What would you do if that came up? Why? What would happen? Would that be, would that ever, would, would your would your creative and artistic talent sell out to be a donut when one, they you would they would pay you? And two, you'd be like the biggest, you'd be on their page as like the Dunkin' Donut spokesman. Yeah, I would be. What would you do? Uh, I would uh, try, well, first of all, I don't think they would, they would encourage kids. Although I went to the opening of the Encino uh, one, which is the closest one to me. It's 5.7 miles from my house. Uh Enc- that just scares me. I know you're sitting there, <laughs> and, you know, and, and like, you know, but see, people, you don't understand. Scares you that I know. How he knows far. it's five point seven, but I know John will also sit there and go, "Well, the 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 way from on Google Maps is different than the way from MapQuest, <laughs> yes. and there's Route One, Two, and Three. Route Three is six point three miles. Route One is five point seven miles. Route Two is four miles, but it takes longer. You probably have it all figured oh, out. Oh, absolutely. I've oh skated God. there. I've ridden my bike. I've I've uh, driven. I know. Which that's just great though. You you ride your bike there and then you get a donut. Of course, and then you ride home and you right. burn it off. But now, so you're saying there's a lot of kids at the Encino one? No, but I'll never forget. Like the that was the first one that I actually sat at. Like Long Beach, I, I remember, or um, uh, Santa Monica. I remember getting my donuts, and I was on a uh, Food Nation. It was uh, another uh, show of some sort. Somebody in Philly sent me a clip of me smiling, holding my coffee mug and my dozen donuts, walking out of Dunkin' Donuts on Food Nation in Philly. They said, is this you? And I'm like, holy crap, out of the hundreds, literally they had seven, 800 people waiting there in line. And I was 67. But they put me on this quick blurb of uh, Food Nation of the first uh, Southern California uh, location. Anyway, um, 
Uh, what the heck was I getting at? Uh, the <laughs> kids at Encino. Yeah, they, they, so I left after that. I got my coffee and donuts and left. The Encino one, I actually sat and watched the festivities. And I was, I was watching families eating the box, like eating the dozen. And that's, you probably saw my, my tweet or my Facebook post, meaning when you get it, you, that doesn't mean eat the whole dozen there at the, it's not a meal. Right. It's a treat. It might be a, a quick, t- small breakfast, but it's not a me- meal. Okay, let me try this. One. Okay, let me try that one. Right. No, you don't eat six or seven. No. You have one. So what I'm getting at is this. I am working on a donut puppet. Okay. <laughs> now, what's his name going to be? It's going to be a her. Maybe it should be a girl. Ooh, that's a good idea. Uh, um, okay, uh, Teresa, the donut. Now, what's a donut's name? What would be a donut's name? How about uh, sugar? Sugar pop. <laughs> sugar pop the donut puppet. You had me at sugar. You lost sugar. me at pop. I think sugar. Sugar. Yeah, but then you know that'd be a good name for a puppet. Yeah. Yeah. Sugar. Sugar could go to the powder room. Now, can you can you do a can, can you do a uh, girl's voice though? Of course I can. Okay, so sugar, and now and the puppet can sit there and should just say eat. <laughs> <laughs> eat donuts and that's what you should do eat me tell you. Uh, but what i would do is is i would preach against those people that felt the need to make a meal of the right. dozen donuts that's what i would do so i would use my powers for good and not evil so now, now you, you tweet a lot yeah i tr- i have to force myself well, what's if your I, twitter if i john decrosta why don't you spell that J-O-H-N-D-I-C-R-O-S-T-A. Okay. Yeah, John DeCrosta. And and I try I try to tweet. If I come up with something creative on Facebook, I'll copy and paste it into Twitter and then subtract words until I get to 140. Oh yeah. We all I do the same thing. Yeah. If it's something. And now uh now are you uh in, are you gonna be in Vegas soon? Because I know you play Vegas a lot. I'm back at Brad Garrett's at the MGM in May of twenty sixteen. Uh I used to be there six times a year in Vegas because the Riviera, I was there three, four times a year, but now that's done and now I'm just doing the MGM for Brad and uh I'll be back there in May. What's it like being on the cruise ships a lot? I mean, do you do you miss LA? I mean, because you're away, but you go to beautiful places. A thousand percent. My mission is to find that happy balance between home and, and work, and, and it's a necessary evil. I mean, uh, I have an, an amazing relationship with Carnival, and uh, I do well for them, and, and they like what I do for them. And um, so, uh, you know, my mission, I didn't move here to go out of town and work on a ship. I, I moved here to work here in L.A. I mean, I've done a lot of work here. Coming here to the studio, I've seen, I saw three or four studios right here on the street that I've done animation voiceover at, and that's why I moved here. So, I mean, that's, that's, will remain till the day I die. That's my mission as far as my job and my employee full time. Now, now, are, are you, are you going out a lot for auditions? I know you can also record at home now. I just did one yesterday for Disney and Toyota yesterday from my home booth. I would say in the last four years, that's, that's been 95% of my auditions is from my home studio. Now, are you trying to get regular acting work, seeing that yes, you lost the weight? Sure. And just, you know, cause, cause when you do the comedy, you do the voice work. I mean, you know, that that's very dedicated because you, you know, you have to work on your acting, you're performing a lot and voice work. You always have to put a lot into voice work. Cause yeah. it's, it's basically, I mean, how do you, how do you find the time to balance the two? It, it, that's the, the three, that's, actually, the, the three. that's the hardest thing. That's the, that, that's the everlasting quest, man. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. And that's, that's, you know, I, I love live performance, so I would hate to remove myself completely from that, but I would love to, to go the way of a lot of guys you and I grew up with, like Ray Romano and Kevin James and get something successful, very visible where you are a household name and then go to a theater or an arena and and work for you know eight nine thousand people instead of uh you know three four hundred and you know the bigger payday and 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 do it because you want to not because right because you have to, to. that's to, the way it you is know what I mean? and now now are you still going on the road though i know you play mccurdy sometimes yeah i'm and, at mccurdy's in uh march and i i when i when i started doing the um when i went you know, I hit a brick wall doing the audience warm-up. Audience warm-up is a thankless job. Uh, if you, if the crowd is amazing, it's never because of you. It's because of the writers or the, 
the production team or whatever. I'm not saying it's not because of them, but you rarely get a pat on the back doing audience warm up. If if the audience is terrible, you get blamed. And if the audience is awesome, you rarely get the credit. And and so I had to hit a brick wall. I was a little uh, disillusioned with the whole deal. I was unhappy with a couple of the last things I did. And um, so I, I went on the road, back on the road around uh, 2009-ish. Uh, and uh, but I remain extremely selective. Like we used to make a living out of our car going from gig to gig to gig. I I will never do that again in my life because I don't have to, but uh, I don't want to. Now I'm very selective. I probably have less than six or seven road clubs that I do now, and they're my favorites. Like this guy in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, that I I adore, and he's family. Uh, you know. I might consider even going back there for the right price because it's just a f I adore right. him. He'll pack the room for me. I am a draw there uh, because I've been working there forever. And uh, you can afford to take a less money gig because I'm I'm doing okay with with uh, the ships and uh, what whatever. And merch, you got merch. Merch, I got my CD and. You know, who knows? Uh, you got to get a t-shirt with you and a pizza. Me and the pizza. pizza. I'm telling you, that stuff would sell. I'm telling you, a, a shirt with pizza, you and the pizza, yeah. and you make it look sort of hokey, just as a cool, fun shirt, it would yeah. kill. Yeah. It would kill. Leonardo. Leonardo says, eat, instead of jump. I, I'm telling you, I would, I would wear a shirt like that. You get a shirt <laughs> like that, I'll wear it in studio. You have a picture of me and one of my guests okay. wearing a Leonardo says, eat shirt. Okay. And I'll go, I came up with this idea. Leonardo <laughs> says eat. That's what I'm saying. So, uh, so we only have a few minutes left. So, uh, Thanksgiving, you're you're gonna cook, but you're you're not gonna eat any turkey. No, I'm not. I I, I think I, I really have abstained to uh, for you know this. You know, it's it's it. I literally haven't tasted uh, poultry, beef, or pork in probably a year and a half now. Um, and I think I'm gonna continue my. It's like almost like alcoholism, you know what I mean? It's like I it, once I have that taste, I'm 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 afraid I'll have it the next day and the next day. So I'm gonna keep. And you know, I quit that number one for health. Number two, I got pretty active in the animal rights and stuff like that. And I'm pretty conscious on how all that stuff is farmed and raised and slaughtered. And it's just something I'm kind of opposed to. I'm not opposed to anybody that does partake, but uh, me personally, I've made the choice to not contribute to that whole system and did you uh get your uh blood pressure under control yeah uh i did i uh thanks for asking i um i found out that uh i got uh, all my results uh yesterday everything was a plus plus my blood and all that stuff was clean no signs of anything zero and i said then why was it 168 over 112 and uh, he said, you could have just a reaction to the coffee or right. uh, just try and chill, maybe switch to tea, half decaf, half regular. Um, so I just have to wean myself of that and uh, try and control my temper in certain situations because I feel that that raises it. Good. You know? yeah. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, give give all your info. Give it all. Yeah. All uh, of your info, your website, Facebook, your John DeCrosta, uh, website, which is a basic website, which is getting rebuilt. So don't judge me by that website, johndecrosta.com, J-O-H-N-D-I-C-R-O-S-T-A. Johnny D 163 on Instagram. I Instagram more than a nine-year-old girl. So if you enjoy pictures, and I'm always in really cool places, Hawaii and uh, the Caribbean, St. Thomas, St. Martin, Belize, uh, every week. If you like pictures like that, I post like crazy. I po post a lot of funny stuff. And Nutribullet pictures. And Nutribullet, and I'm a foodie, so I, I eat a lot of cool stuff. And if uh, and uh, Twitter is John DeCrosta as well. I tried the Snapchat. I just can't get a handle on yeah, that care. deal. I and I Periscope shit. a lot. Periscope yeah. is fun. All right. Well, so, well, I want to thank you for coming on. Yeah, Check thanks, him out. Coop. I and, appreciate and he's got, it, buddy. He's got great pictures. He does, and he gets a lot of cool surfing pictures. Yeah. And, and it's just fun stuff. You know, I'll sit, you'll sit there in the Chicago and go, I hate this guy because he's on a surfboard. In fact, I'm going to post one within uh, the next 20 minutes of me behind the Hollywood sign this All morning. Right. I took a nice five. Well, five mile hike up there so check him out people also follow me on twitter at cooper talk that's at cooper talk also go to my website coopertalk.net i have over 445 episodes up there you can email me cooper coopertalk.net go to the google play store for your android device uh you can get my app type in one word cooper talk 
And it's fun. It has all my episodes. You can listen to it on your phone or your tablet. Also, Stitcher and iTunes, Cooper Talk, one word. Um, that's about it. My cookbook, StopTheSalt.com. Buy that. It's low-sodium cooking. Uh, it's a great book. Get it at my website, and it's cheaper. Well, I make more money. You can get it uh, uh Google or, I mean, Amazon. I screwed it up. Anyway, enough about that. Go to StopTheSalt.com. <laughs> want to say happy Thanksgiving to my buddy Nick Sanchez, who was, who's a listener. He's talking on Facebook the other night, and he's like, I enjoy your show. And I said, well, thank Nick Sanchez. Thank you. So you have a good Thanksgiving, Nick Sanchez. And remember, I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guests. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins. I will talk to you next week, and keep on listening.